I'm Claire. And I'm Liz. And this is The Balancing Act, a podcast where we talk about law, life, and everything in between. Okay, Liz, in the last episode, you interviewed me about different changes with estate planning and probate that COVID has brought on. And so in this episode, I'm going to be interviewing you about how practicing family law or being a family law attorney has changed since since COVID and quarantining and and courts changing and and all that fun stuff. So before we see what's different, tell us, tell us how things used to be. What was kind of a normal day or a, or a normal case with family law before, before the changes pre-corona? Okay. I mean, let me just stretch my mind back. Let's see. So, you know, they're really isn't necessarily a typical case, right? Or a typical day when you're practicing law per se. But I think, you know, I know that you've practiced family law and it it is, you know, there's certain patterns that cases tend to follow. So sure. if we're talking about like a contested case, you know, usually what happens is the client hires you, let's say at the beginning of the case, you put together the initial papers when they come in, to hire you. They physically come in and hire you. <laughs> you shake their hand, <laughs> you know, you offer them a beverage and you would not be wearing a mask <laughs> most, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And then you draft the paperwork, you usually have them come in again to sign those initial papers. And then we get the papers to the other side, whether by a process server or, you know, another method, depending on if the other side is going to easily accept those papers or not. And then we would file them with a court. And because of e-filing, that would be done electronically. In the metro counties, generally, once you file a case, the court will schedule an ICMC or Initial Case Management Conference. And typically at that in-person court date, you know, the parties get a chance to kind of talk a little bit with, you know, the judge and the attorneys and they, you know, we figure out what's, what's under, you know, what's not agreed upon. And then we try to choose a method to try to get those disputes resolved. And usually those are ADR, alternative dispute resolution methods. I would say that in general, family law is pretty ADR intensive. What do you think, Claire? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I don't necessarily have a ton of experience with like employment or criminal law or personal injury mm-hmm. cases, but I would say especially in the Twin Cities metro area, mm-hmm. forms of ADR are greatly encouraged and sometimes really pushed depending on yeah. on where you are. Um which is not a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. Not at all. That but it's that, definitely, you know, an in typically an in-person sort of thing, or at least back, you know, back in the day. So we would, you know, decide on a method, decide on an evaluator, a provider, a mediator, and then we'd schedule an appointment, you know, with them. And we would schedule a day where we all went into their office <laughs> and, you know, try to resolve it in person. And then, you know, court dates 
were also in person. And when I would come to my office back then, I would, you know, typically most days I would have at least a client come in, you know, most of the time it wouldn't be just me working by myself in my office. I'd try and schedule, you know, at least a meeting or two. So I had a decent amount of in-person contact back then. So that's, you know, that's kind of like what a typical case or day was like, just, I would say a decent amount of in-person contact in all honesty. Well, and I think too, what you bring up with the ADR is what you're saying is, hey, there's a lot more people involved in this case than like the judge (laughs) and the parties. Yeah. Yeah, because you're mediators, there's, you know, and sometimes there's guardians ad litem, there's, you know, if if it comes to a point where you need a custody evaluator, an accountant, you know, appraisers, all sorts of, all sorts of exciting people that can be involved. And so that's, you know, that's how it was. So how, how has that changed? So first of all, all the cases are still happening, right? I mean, it's not like people magically, you know, stopped needing legal services, especially in family law cases during this. So we still need to get these cases resolved. But it's a very, very different. For the most part, ADR is not being done in person. So like, I will say, yes, I went to one in-person mediation session during this. It lasted about an hour and 20 minutes. It was done so differently than any mediation I had ever been to before. You know, there's my client and I were in one conference room and we were very far apart from one another, like more than six feet. And we also both had masks on. The opposing party was in a separate conference room and the mediator would kind of come back and forth, but mostly be in the doorway with a mask on and everyone sanitized. But for the most part that, you know, that was, that's not the norm. For the most part, any sort of ADR, whether it be like an early neutral evaluation or a mediation, that's all being done by generally by Zoom. And it's gotten at first, Zoom was very frustrating for me. I'm just being sure. honest. I just I hadn't really used it before. And it seemed like there was a lot of technical difficulties that would happen. You know, like for example, like a mediation or an E and E, a lot of times people, you know, you'll all all the parties will be in the same room in real life with a mediator talking, but then there will be times when a party and their attorney will want to be in a separate room from the mediator yeah. and from the other party and their attorney. And so in theory on Zoom, you can kind of put people into separate breakout rooms. Sometimes that goes better than others. Sometimes when you try and get transferred to a breakout room, you lose the connection, you know, yeah. and then just kind of stuff like that. So kind of those frustrating technical difficulties are like, you know, people having a bad connection. So it's like, you know, where you can't hear anything and then you have to ask for it to be repeated. So that's one thing that's been very different. Like on a personal basis, my computer in my office does not have a webcam, like I have a desktop. So I always have to remember now to bring my laptop that has a camera on it. So that's not like, I know it's really not that big of a deal, but for me, sometimes it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, shoot, I have to turn around and get my laptop. 
The other thing is that I have not had an in-person court date since, I don't know exactly what date, but we'll say since March 13th. Sure. Which is not usual. They've all been Zoom-based. And so, which is, I guess, fine. I did on one of the cases, I was like, so when the judge comes on, do we stand? (laughs) You know, because usually in the courtroom, they'll be like, everyone, all rise. But nope, we don't. We don't stand on Zoom, at least so far not. I wonder if the different Zoom things have have been difficult for some people who may not have access to a computer with a webcam or have access to high speed internet Mm -hmm. or have, you know, the different accessibility. Absolutely. So with that have you run into yeah, that at so all? I have a client who just you know she didn't have a device that worked with zoom her phone would like spit her off of it I don't know if that's the right way of saying it throw her off of it <laughs> anytime she was on it sure and so I ended up kind of you know getting the conference room in my building for her and then getting a laptop set up for her in there so that way she could participate in the meeting while not being in the same room as me breathing the same air as me, but still have access. So, and I mean, the the high-speed internet issue is a huge one. In the metro area, I haven't noticed it as much. It seems, you know, so far most of my clients, or actually all my clients, they haven't had an issue with that. There have been some technological anxieties from people, including myself, where you're just, you know, I mean, it just feels so much more unpredictable, honestly, because I'm like, I'm counting on my computer not to crash, the program to work, and the internet to work all at the same time, (laughs) you know, during that important court date. For me, that makes me nervous. The other thing that's, you know, been a change is for family law, I do like to meet with people in person for an initial consult whenever possible, you know, before being retained and before starting on a case. And for me, you know, I don't charge for that initial consult, but it's just like a way for me to get to know the person more and understand their personality and, you know, be sure that we're on the same page. And that's been a lot more difficult. You know, I've done Google Duo and I have done very short meetings in my office with masks on, but so you know, I don't mind wearing a mask and I purchased a lot of disposable masks from my office in case, you know, someone came in and they didn't have one, but I don't, you know, it's just so much harder because you can't see someone's facial expressions. And so it, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. not complaining. I'm just, it's, it's very different. I'm used to being able to kind of, you know, know if a client is sad or angry or happy, you know what I mean? And it's a little bit harder to tell with the mask on, you know, you can see people's eyes, but it's, it's, it's a big change for me and I'm not minimalizing, you know, I'm not trying to say like, Oh, don't wear a mask. We need to, but that's a huge difference for me. And then, you know, technically, you know, electronic signatures are allowed in court. And so in theory, I don't necessarily always need to get, I believe, like an in-person signature from a client. But I personally have a really hard time not doing that for whatever reason. Like I just feel like it's so important to get the client's real signature that 
I've just been meeting clients in their driveways, you know, to get signatures in general, because I just, I don't know. That's probably my own issue with it. But I just, I feel like it's really important. So that's been kind of my, my family law practice changes. Well, that is a lot of changes. Would you say that any of them are good or welcome changes or changes that you're hoping will will stick around? So I suppose with some court dates on Zoom, I think some court dates do really well on Zoom, right? Like ones where you're just, where there's, where the parties have an agreement and it just needs to be read on the record or a default hearing. I feel like those things, you know, it's kind of nice not having to um, hop in the car, drive, wait around for your case to be, you know, to be called in order to do that. So I do like that. Um, And honestly, like in a weird way, it's kind of fun getting, you know, meeting clients in their driveways. Just for me, it's probably just something different, but it's, it kind of feels like a cool level of customer service. Like I'm a mobile law practice, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you've seen like the pet groomers and the hair cut people that have their, like their van. I'm like, it'd be kind of cool to run. Oh, I believe there's that movie with, right. The Lincoln lawyer. That's me. (laughs) Are you saying you're Matthew McConaughey? I mean, we're not, we don't look that much alike, (laughs) but, but I'm kind of into the idea. It's, it's just fun for me. Like, it's just something fun. Like, oh, I get to be out in, you know, out and about and driving around. So I'm a, I'm apparently a simple creature in that way. So I, I like that, but I, I do miss seeing people in person I you know for long periods of time I miss the fact that sometimes it just is easier to get progress made when everyone's in the same room all together and that part is you know sometimes the ADR can feel like there's less seriousness to it because people aren't in the same area but that I don't know so yeah Yeah, I was attending a CLE earlier this month, and there was a family law attorney who was saying that she hopes that some hearings, Mm -hmm. like a default hearing or like the initial case management hearing, would be held like remotely in the future, just because it doesn't necessarily make sense to drive down and wait around the courthouse for like a 10-minute hearing. When you could yeah, just log on. I absolutely on. agree about the default hearing. And yeah. she also brought up the same thing with, well, that might work in some cases, but what about the cases where, you know, that's not that's not possible for clients mm-hmm. to have access to the Zoom technology or, or whatever yeah. that court technology happens to be using. So I think there's certainly some accessibility and equitable issues with that as well. Yeah. I don't think that ICMCs, um, for me, like a lot of times that's the first chance for the parties and the attorneys to at least try and settle in person some really um, small but important issues, like sometimes just like a temporary parenting time schedule for the kids. And my feeling on that is if the parties weren't able to do that virtually or remotely, 
by phone before. Why? You know what I mean? So personally, I think like ICMC might be important to be in person if it's that situation. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, sometimes you could choose it because I know I've been to some ICMCs where it's like, hey, there's not going to be an agreement except for we agreed to do this ADR practice. And so it's not necessarily like negotiating anything, but everyone knows the hearing is <clears throat> going to be like, okay, yep. Hey, we're here. Yep. Put in the order for the SCNE for the social early neutral. And so I wonder if in the future, there could at least be the option, you know, if both parties are, say, represented by attorneys, um, if the attorneys could could submit like a joint letter and say, hey, can we have this done, you know, virtually? I mean, I know in Dakota County, sometimes they'll just let you, in that case, send a letter in saying, hey, we want to do SCNE with this provider. Can we waive the ICMC? And so you don't even have to come in at that point. At least that's happened. And see that that's a benefit of Dakota County. That is not necessarily a benefit in other counties. So maybe with, with efficiency, different, different courts will be looking into two different options. I would, I would think so, especially with, yeah, all, all the fun world of COVID. I'm hearing that there's a lot of changes that have happened in family law uh, (laughs) since the start. Um, One might say it's been a complete 180 from what was happening in, say, February to what is happening in, say, May or June with, with what's going on. And certainly hard to tell what, what might stick around and for how long these different options will stick around. <laughs>